Okay, very excited to be joined here with Senator Dan Sullivan, U.S. Senator. How are you? Hey, Jeff. Great. I'm we're doing here. Great. We're here at Matanuska Brewing. Good to be with you. We have some Led Zeppelin playing in the Led Zeppelin. A little bit of beer. A couple of beers. This is a great, great day. Sunny, per- sunny day. Perfect day for Rondi. We're having a ball back home in Anchorage. So you're. Uh, I've done a podcast with Congressman Young. Yes. And Last, earlier last week, uh, Senator Murkowski. Yes. So I've, Our small but mighty delegation. You're, you're rounding out the delegation Good. podcast. Good. Uh, Glad I can do it. So you're, you're honored com- to be here. You're coming to the, approaching the end of your first term. You were elected in 2014, so yep. you're up for re-election in yep. next year, and you're 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 running. You're, uh, you're, I intend to run, absolutely. And um, how's it been overall so for good far. you know uh, i enjoy it uh, it's an honor privilege to serve the people of alaska and most importantly i think we're we're getting a lot done you know we're getting qu- we're getting quite a lot done i gave my speech to the legislature down in juno two days ago and one of the things i always like to talk about is you know we get a lot of challenges as a state no doubt about it but if you look at kind of the trajectory where things are going with the federal government particularly relative to my first two years which were during the obama administration uh final two years uh the federal government what's happening with alaska in that regard resource development anwar building up our military building up the coast guard um there's a lot of really positive things happening and i think it's exciting time yeah exciting time i told senator murkowski i think you know some people have very strong feelings about president trump but i think it's basically impossible to argue how well alaska has done With Anwar and with yeah. the Eisenbeck Road and with his regulations. And, I mean, Alaska has fared probably better than maybe any other state. Well, look, I, I actually told this story uh, <clears throat> in front of the legislature two days ago. But I couldn't agree more. And it's the combination of, um, you know, the president's very um, he's uh, very accessible. It's kind of remarkable, right? I, it- I, I, I reach out to him. On a regular basis, either I'll go over there in meetings, or I'll just call. I'll just call him. And like his cell phone? Uh, I call the White House switchboard. And Do you have um, like a special Senate senator line? Well, or? they check your your cell phone to see if you know who you say you are. You are, and then you know. So if I call, they're probably not. I'm not going to get. Maybe through. you get in there, <laughs> Jeff. Do it. I'll try. Uh, don't. Yeah. Uh, I won't say I'm you. I promise. Well, I'm. look. I mean, I'll just give you an example. And either. Either he takes the call right away, or he'll call back same day. So I'll give you latest example. Well, I talked to him a couple of weeks ago, just on the phone. But over Thanksgiving, I uh, it was Tuesday before Thanksgiving. I was home in Anchorage with my wife and three wonderful daughters, uh, and I called him in the morning, uh, a morning Alaska time. He he was in a meeting. So that night. Uh, I'm at the Outback Steakhouse with my wife and my three daughters. We're getting ready. In Anchorage. In Anchorage. We're getting ready to go to the uh, Bohemian Rhapsody movie. I don't know if you saw that. I I haven't seen it, but I really really want to see it. It's a great movie. I really want to see it. So we're getting ready to go. We're wrapping up dinner. And all of a sudden, my phone rings, and it's one of these, you know, unknown numbers. So I just pick it up at the table, just like this. And it's the White House switchboard saying, uh, Senator Sullivan? I said, yes. 
got President Trump on the line. Whoa. And I'm like, Mr. President, like, hey, Dan, I saw you called. What's up? And so that was 7.45 p.m. Tuesday night, Anchorage. That's 11.45. Yes. In D.C. Yes. Yes. Wow. So, so, hey, he's very accessible, which is good. And, you know, I called him just about three weeks ago when we were having problems with this earthquake mm-hmm. declaration that the governor put forward. There was, uh, we knew there was some bureaucratic uh, roadblocks there, and I just called him to ask him, hey, sir, you know, respectfully, there's a roadblock within the administration on how you guys quickly are going to get this out. I have people who are hurting, and, you know, can you... Uh, you know, shake the tree a little bit and, and hopefully get this out. And uh, an hour later, my my office in D.C. got several phone calls from the White House and DHS. And the next day, wow, it yeah, was no, I remember that. So, but those are things. But the, your broader point about, you know, Lisa Murkowski and I went in to go see the president very early in his uh, tenure, about two years ago. A late February, I can't remember, late February, early March, for a big meeting just on Alaska. Over an hour. Desks, maps, charts, all on his desk in the Oval Office, all about Alaska. And he, he has some connection. Wasn't his grandfather? Yeah, he talked about somebody it. Somebody came, like, in Dai, I think, or something, exactly. right? In the southeast. There's some connection his there. His grandfather was a hotel operator kind of at the base of the Chilkoot Trail mm-hmm. in uh or Skagway, one of the two. And um, so, yeah, he's very proud of that. He talked about that, how, you know, his family got its start in Alaska. And so what we did what was so great. We walked through, hey, look, for whatever reason, President Obama really tried to shut us down. Outer Continental Shelf. Mr. Yeah, the, President, the, he just took that off the, the table. Sh- the, the, shell, the shell stuff. Yep, and the Beaufort Sea. NPRA, that was set aside. We're showing them on a map. For oil exploration, National Petroleum Reserve of Alaska. Not controversial. Obama administration tried to take all that off the shelf or off the table. Anwar, we walked them through on Anwar. What I said, we'll get it done. We're confident we can get it done in the Congress. You got to sign it. Bill Clinton vetoed it when Ted Stevens and Don Young got it done, you know, in the 1990s. Military, uh, the Tongass, fisheries, whaling captains, right? We talked about... Our great whaling captains on the North Slope, how there's a you know International Whaling Commission meeting coming up in Brazil. It's really important for the quota. On every, oh, the King Cove Road. King Cove Road, literally, we're going into it. He couldn't believe it. He's like, you guys have been trying to build a road for 30 years. Was Congressman Young there, too, or just you nope, and Senator just McCarthy? me and Lisa. Literally looks at Ryan Zinke. Are we going to get this road done? And uh, Zinke's like, well, sir, we're working on it. You know, we're talking a little bit. And, and he turns to Zinke at one point and goes, I want this road done in two weeks. <laughs> it's like so, cla- classic Trump. <laughs> honest to God. <laughs> Build it. On every, what I said in my legislature speech, whether you like the president or dislike him, and there's a number of people on both sides of that aisle, it's undeniable, particularly relative to the Obama administration, he and his administration are all about delivering for Alaska economically. And I, you know, and I really appreciate that. So, and it's not just... It's not just him; it filters down to his entire administration. So, you know, and we got we got great Alaskans in his administration. Right there's um, Joe Baylash. Joe Baylash and um, Tara Sweeney. Tara Sweeney, right? So you you you've been, I'd say, pretty supportive, friendly with. He hasn't tweeted about you yet, has he? Have you been 
Have you been tweet? Because he's tweeted about Senator Murkowski a couple times. She's been on there. We, we, we were talking about that on the, the last podcast. Yeah, he but, hasn't but, tweeted about me. He did a, you know, we, we had a, there was a big missile defense review that the Pentagon launched and he announced at the Pentagon about four weeks ago. He was there, vice president was there, secretary of defense. It was a big deal. It's like our new strategy on missile defense. And I've, you know, I've kind of taken the lead on missile defense in the yeah, U.S. I've been, Senate. I've been watching and, that. Uh, Alaska is the cornerstone of our nation's missile defense. You know, he was say he did in his speech. He did a shout out to me and Alaska on how critical both of us were to missile defense, which was, uh, you know, I think more important not not me, but more important that he recognize our state is the key state. So, right? so, so, so you, you you don't have a nickname yet. No, I don't have a nickname. Maybe Colonel. Maybe the Colonel. That could be your maybe. So you just maybe. you just uh, maybe last year. Uh, became a bird colonel in bird the Mar- colonel. Marine Corps. Full colonel, yes, sir. So I read that I thought he must be the only colonel in the Congress, but Lindsey Graham was also, I think he re- he was also a colonel, right? He was a colonel in the Air Force, yep. But you're still in the reserve. I am. So you could theoretically, if something goes down, you could be called up. I could. Has that ever happened in the You know, Congress? I don't think it's happened recently, but um, it's definitely happened. It's definitely happened. So I... I drill. So I used to. I so right now I'm the only senator in the U.S. Senate that's still in the military, still actively in the military. Lindsey Graham and Joni Ernst were in the reserves when I got in, and both of them have subsequently retired. So I drill. I'm I'm called what's a individual mobilization augmentee. That's a term in the Marine Corps, an IMA detachment. So I actually drill with an active duty unit. I used to run a, a reserve unit, like a full unit, I you, would run it. You can't command if you're in the set, isn't it, wasn't that a thing? It was a bit of a after thing. You, when I you. got elected, I was commanding a, I was commanding a Marine Corps Anglico unit. It's like a recon battalion, mm-hmm. pretty elite, ass kicking unit, airborne. Like, like, uh, recon, like recon. Like right, recon, right? yep. And uh, when I got elected, the Marines were very unsure what to do with me. <laughs> <laughs> Probably because they didn't want you to like throw a coup or something. Well, it was just... <laughs> Small unit. Uh, it was awkward for everybody. So uh, they initially dropped me into what's called the Individual Ready Reserve without my knowledge. And I was commanding a battalion. You know, you, you work your whole career to... B- How many command. people are in a battalion? Uh, it depends. I got to ask. It was kind of an interesting... Usually battalion could be anywhere three to 500 to 1,000, right? I mean, it could be a lot of... I got actually asked to stand up a new battalion, like to kind of pick it up from scratch, which is um, these Anglico units, they're uh, airborne, the Marines small, they deploy in small teams, and what they're like the best in the world in coordinating and calling in like what they call combined arms in the Marine Corps, fixed-wing aircraft to drop bombs, uh, uh, rotary wing aircraft, naval gunfire, artillery, and what they do, they don't deploy with Marines, they deploy with special forces mm-hmm. and they deploy with foreign armies. Because when you bring a, you know, even a three or four man Anglico team to a unit with all their radios and everything, they literally have kind of the hand so of, they didn't they, they kind of have the hand of God with them because they control all of this firepower, they huge did, firepower. They didn't tell you they took you off the command of the battalion 
No, so they actually asked me to stand up a new one because these Anglico units have been so busy during Iraq and Afghanistan. They're very effective. So they wanted to build a new one from scratch. So my unit wasn't that big, but, it, you know, I, I got it up there. I, I, it became a very good unit very quickly. And then they uh, they dropped me from it. My, my guys. It was a little – I was a little sore. And then, interestingly, you know, I, I went and visited uh, – our Alaska-based forces and some special forces last Christmas over the holidays in Afghanistan. And uh, I was at this base where there was a lot of special forces and uh, I got brought brought into this uh, op center, kind of like, hey, sir, you need to get over here. And and I went in and there was about about 12 of my Anglico guys. Oh, so they they recognized you. They were my guys in Afghanistan. So they were my Marines. So it was cool. But no, uh, so now I'm with, the, I'm with the Marine Corps Special Operations Command, MARSOC. You still, do, of, you still drill on the, some weekends? Well, I don't or? do it. Uh, what you do when, when, it's, when you're not part of the, a reserve unit, when you're actually connected to an active duty unit, you're more flexible. So what I'll do, I'll go there usually like a, you know, like a 10-day period or a 12-day period where I'll go full-on, drill with them, so I, I do about 24 days a year with this unit. So can you become a, can you become a general? Is that Maybe, possible? Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. General Sullivan? So, That'd be awesome. Uh, that's not going to happen anytime <laughs> soon. Probably never happen. But So this is a great unit. MARSOC is, you know, one of the most high-speed, low-drag units in the Marine Corps, and they deploy a lot, a lot. They got guys in Syria, Iraq right now. So, like, the last drill I did, it was about 11 days in uh, – October, where I, I was doing what's called a pre-deployment drill, so it was teams that were getting ready to ready to deploy to Iraq and Syria. So are you still when you're doing those drills? Are you still accessible for your Senate duties? Or are you kind of out, out of touch for kind of ten of, days? I'm kind of out of pocket. Typically, um, typically I kind of go dark. Wow. Because <laughs> a lot of it's in skiffs, you know, and you don't have your cell phone or anything, so you. So, so, um, so it's a good unit. It's a really good unit. Your, your, your staff here is saying that's awesome. They, <laughs> they probably think it's horrifying when they can't get a hold of you. For well, it's. 10 uh, days. I think it's good for everybody. But I'll tell you this, Jeff. One thing that's actually. So you know, I'm. I sit on the armed services. I take a lot of interest in the military. Chair the readiness subcommittee, which is on the armed services committee, which is kind of the first among equals of all the subcommittees. But I will tell you this. You know, you get briefed by the generals, and you have hearings, and the admirals, and the secretaries. But as you can probably imagine, being on the ground with the grunts, being on the ground mm-hmm. with the sergeants and the lieutenants and the captains that are going over and deploying, that are doing the fighting, to be honest, um, it grounds you and it gives you a connection to what's really going on in the military that is invaluable. In- unique perspective. Invaluable. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, so, it helps me both. I love being a Marine, but it really helps me in my Senate job. So you once, uh, I once heard you tell a story. This was probably four or five years ago. Um, when you won your election in 2014, you went back and they do the, they organize the Senate and they, they determine seniority. Yes. And, <laughs> and tell me that you said they go back. Were you a senator? Yeah. Were, you, were you a congressman? Right. Well, so were you, you a get, governor? So I came in with a really good class of new senators. You might remember 2014 was the big wave year. We had 12 Republican freshmen elected. 
five of us had actually beat it incumbent uh, senators, which is not easy to do. So that was the biggest wave in almost 50 years. And, uh, you know, the first thing we did, which was really important, I think, for Alaska and the country was we booted Harry Reid as the Senate Majority Leader. That was your big thing. when He you were, was yeah, no rem- friend of Alaska. I remember Trust that. me. He was getting rid of him was probably the best darn thing we could do for our state. So, but then you go, all right, who's with all these new members, what's the seniority? Because in, in the Senate, the seniority is kind of important. And you, the way the system works, you get credit if you're a former governor. You get credit if you're a former congressman. Like, in terms of seniority, even though you're brand new to the Senate. We were being explained all this with all my new colleagues, and I said, what about being a lieutenant colonel in the Marines? No credit for that. Sorry, Uh, (laughs) sorry, no. (laughs) Or attorney general, no credit for that. Just congressmen and governors. So a lot of of my classmates were in that category. So then they said, and then next we look at size of the state. So I looked at the rest, and I'm like, hey, sorry, guys. You know, and they're like, no, no, we mean population. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we didn't have any luck on that one. So then finally, I think there was like four of us or something uh, where we drew straws at the very end. So that was, and I drew the short straw. So I was, so in the first Congress, the hundred and fourteenth Congress, I was ranked hundred out of a hundred. Wow. <laughs> so what does that mean? Did you, have like, you have nowhere to, you have nowhere else to go did, but up. Did you have like a, fun. Did you have like a, like a, a weird, weird office or? Well, no. I mean, it does. It is kind of interesting because you, it it kind of takes the stress out of. So the Senate, you know, the desks are kind of important. They're very traditional. Um. And so people really kind of try to you get you get to pick the desk according to uh, your seniority. So literally, so you literally, literally had whatever was left. Exactly, the they last came one. to me and said, "Here's your desk." <laughs> um, now, what I did do, because uh, you know senators sign their desks, and this goes back 150 years, 200 years. I mean, there's some pretty amazing desks there, right? That date back well before the Civil War and everything. I did, so my spot where I was on the floor was already determined because everybody else had picked. But I did go back and I looked at all the names in my desk and I said, look, it's actually really important for me since I'm, I'm going to be in his seat to have a desk in which Ted Stevens sat. I really would like that. Did he? And so we actually did a little switching around and the Secretary of the Senate worked it, so they switched out my uh, the desk I was in, and about two months later, I got a desk that has Ted Stevens' signature in it. Oh, wow, that's Which great. is kind of cool, because, you know, today, just in about an hour, we're going to go to the unveiling of the Ted Stevens statue. Right, yeah, no, I, got invited, and I got invited to that, It's going to be great. At the airport, and, you know, so. I worked hard this past year to get the Secretary of the Navy to name one of the, the next big uh, destroyers, uh, uh, Arleigh Burke-class destroyers, very formidable ships the navy announced about a month month ago that the next big one is going to be named the uss ted stevens so i read i read about that so i'm sitting in his desk which is good which is great it's a huge honor so someone told me to ask you a story about dolphins and (laughs) they didn't say anything else they said you should ask under all right well i was was asked to say i was speaking to the kenai sold out in the chamber of commerce about a month ago maybe Two months ago, and I, the very end, somebody asked me. So this is just in, in the way I prefaced it. I said, "Look, this is a, 
military training story, right? It's not, there's so many guys, particularly in Alaska and women in our country who, you know, have stories, war stories, heroic stories that pale in comparison to this, but this is just a fun story. So, you know, I was one of the officers who ran this recon unit here. There was a Marine recon unit based in Anchorage for many years. And it was a very good unit, right? Cold weather, mountain, airborne, scuba, you know, very tough Marines, really well trained. A lot of them you still see around the uh, Anchorage police chief, uh, Chief Dahl. Oh, Justin Dahl, right? Justin Dahl was one of my Marines, right? No, uh, really? Yeah, no. he was one no of way. my, he was a corporal when I was a captain. Yeah, right here. It's a great unit, right? A lot of the law enforcement here. He did really good during the earthquake. Uh, no, he's done a great job. He did a really, the whole city did a great Dan job. Dan Juarez, he's a cop here. There's a lot of great law enforcement. So anyways, uh, there's this big exercise, used to be every year, called Northern Edge. And Northern Edge is kind of a very big joint exercise in Alaska. And there's always a, a kind of a port harbor element to it, meaning they bring up Navy ships, sometimes they bring up subs, and they'll, they'll take over like a port, and they have... Submarines here in the inlet? Or? Yeah, yeah. No, not in this inlet, but down to Seward and everything. Okay. Yep. And uh, big Navy exercise, big Army, and then they'll take over a, a coastal community, and they'll have like Navy ships there. They'll do military operations as part of a bigger exercise, and then they'll have like a unit from out of state that comes in and protects everything, protects the ships, protects the city. And so that's what they had. This year it was in Sitka. It was like the late 1990s. And my unit, this recon unit, was tasked to be what's called the Op 4, the Opposition Forces. So we're the guys who are going to go in. You're like the Russians. We go. (laughs) We're like the Russians. We go in. We blow stuff up. We go in. We try to, like, literally go blow the Navy ships up. So we were, my, my Marines were out in the woods way out and we had coast guard assets kodiak zodiacs and, and ships helicopters that would launch my guys to go go in at night and attack the community primarily to attack the ships and so i had guys who were doing scout swimming so in the water and their goal was to put plant mines get in there and plant mines on on the navy ships blow them up Right. What are so, all the people in Sitka doing? They're just kind of like on. Sitka's kind of loving it, but the whole town is really taken over by the military. It's pretty. The community of Sitka was great. They were so supportive. But the Navy, here's the dolphin part. The Navy brought up these. Uh, the, the U.S. Navy actually has uh, dolphins and other kind of, and other kind of uh, marine mammals that. Uh, that protect these kind of assets and they, I've, I've heard i've heard about they they have this them. is a real thing right it's a real thing so what they do these dolphins they they are they're they're trained to attack swimmers scout swimmers they're trained to attack scuba divers they, do they carry them around on the what, ship or like they they launch them to go so after they, they you. bring them with them wow yeah so they had this whole dolphin unit up in sitka that was protecting the protecting the uh the ship and the navy assets so my marines um, we're tasked to go swim against these dolphins, to go in, try to plant mines on the ships, swimming at night, February in Alaska, cold, and they were swimming against the dolphins. And what happens, you know, Marines are good swimmers, Marines are cocky, but it's hard to swim against dolphins. Oh, so yeah. these I mean, dolphins, dolphins are, what they would do, fast. 
they had harnesses on them, and they put a chem light up. You know, chem light. You know, what chem light is you break mm-hmm. the chem yeah, light and it lights up. Yeah, and it lights up and it would be on the harness. And they had a thing on their nose, so what they if they would ram in, you would pop up, and it would be like a strobe. And then the patrol boats who were patrolling would come in and find the sw- scout oh swimmers. God. Oh my gosh! And kill you, right? Shoot you. So I told all my Marines, I said, we were going in teams of two. I said, any you guys get to the ship, I'll buy you a case of beer. Right? So you so, knew about the dolphins? Oh, yeah, we knew about the dolphins. We were swimming against the dolphins. So I'd let, I'd let my guys off about on the Zodiacs, about 1,000 yards, and they'd have to go swim. At night, uh, it was scout swimming. We had no scuba at this one uh, to plant the mines on the ships. All my Marines got nailed by the dolphins, right? So at the very end... They said, hey, sir, you and uh, one of my gunnies, who we were launching them, are you guys going to go do this? Why don't you do it, right? So we said, all right, we'll do it. So my guys dropped me and my gunny off, maybe 500,000 yards from this Navy ship, and we're swimming. It's at night, dark water, and we're trying to get close. You're in a dry suit, and you have fins, right? So you're all black, and uh, we're getting pretty close. And I look off, and I can see the water is kind of clear, and I see this chem light in the water so it's kind of nerve-wracking because you're like you're just bracing because you think you're going to get drilled by a dolphin right because it's coming and so we're oh both, my God. like we're like uh, waiting and then the chem light kind of stops swims off so we go up to the we go up the ship plant the mines right so we come back out in these navy this big navy zodiac that was in charge of the dolphins they were the ones, they came up, we were swimming back, and, you know, we waved them down, and we said, hey, you guys, something happened, right? These dolphins came nearby. We could see the chem light, and then it looked like they waited for a minute, and they swam off. And they said, yeah, yeah, we, we, we were noticing that. We, something weird happened. We're not sure. Would you guys mind trying to, trying to figure out, would you guys mind just doing this one more time? Just do it again. And we're like, okay, it's getting a little cold out here, but we'll do it. So we did it again, and essentially the same thing happens, right? Chem light's coming. Bracing for impact, nothing happens. Swim off. So we're out, and that happens again. And so we, we're waiting to get picked up. We're waiting. We don't have any radios. We're in the middle of the Sitka Harbor, and it's dark, and we're freezing by now because we're in the, in the water, and it's February. So finally, these Navy guys pull up. And I'm like, geez, man, what the hell, you guys? This took so long. We're freezing out here. And they're like, oh, we're sorry. We had a huge emergency. And, and, I, and uh, I said, by the way, the dolphin never hit us again. They did the same thing that they did before. They're, oh, no, 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 we know. It was a horrible thing. We had an emergency. We, we're sorry we left you guys here. We had to go get the dolphins. And I was like, well, what happened? What was the emergency? And they said, there was a big pod of killer whales that's been swimming in this oh, area. wow. And the dolphins were freaked out. And we wanted to get them. Before, you know, they possibly could have been attacked by these killer whales. And so I'm like, you son of a bitch. We've been... <laughs> I mean, killer, killer whales could have got you. I know, because we look just like seals. Not Navy seals, like real seals. Yeah, I know. They probably could have. dry So they, suits, they were worried black. about the dolphins, not, you, said, not you guys. I said, you son of a bitch. You went and got, the, you went and got these dolphins before you <laughs> yeah. came and got us? And I'll never forget. It was like a chief or petty officer in the Navy. He goes, look. Captain, I really hate to tell you guys, but we spend millions of dollars training <laughs> these dolphins. So that is a true that is story. Wild. Sitka that Harbor. was in the 90s? Late 90s. Wow. Yeah. 
And in the community of Sitka, put a huge, like, you know, kind of a banquet on for all the military who trained there at a, uh, I think it was, I, I forgot where it was, just an incredible two weeks of training. It was great. That's a, that's a, that's, I'm glad I asked. That's a, that's a good story. Isn't that, in, isn't that an interesting story? True story. They still, that. these dolphins, you know, I think, I think they have other kind of sea, uh, like, I heard they have walruses that do this work too. I'm not sure, but no, I've heard. Yeah, the dolphins are very so, well trained. Hard so, to swim against a dolphin. Another thing I wanted to ask you about: you've been on Meet the Press now a couple times, which is a pretty yeah. big deal on Sunday. Chuck Todd. Yeah, you, Chuck. I think you've been on twice, right? Twice. Yep. Because I, I watch. I watch it every Sunday. Oh well. Um. So you're mostly mil- military stuff. You were talking about. Well, you know, they ask a lot about foreign policy and national security, as you know, the Senate has a big role in that, and. Uh, so they've asked me to come on a couple times, and you know, I think you and I might be a, a little different on some of the Russia stuff. You're, you're yeah, I, I spent a, a lot of time in Russia, and I, I think we should be friendly with the Russians. <laughs> well, I, think I, always, I always say, look, it's up to Vladimir Putin, right? You're, you're not a big, you're not a big Putin guy. I'm not a big Putin. Fan. Big, no, <laughs> I'm not a big Putin. Fan. But you know, it's up to him if he wants to be would, friendly. Would you, would you like? Would you meet with him? Would you ever talk with well, him? I, I kind of would meet with anybody. You know, when the, uh, I had a. Interesting story. When I was a DNR commissioner here, I met with the Russian ambassador, Kislyak. Kislyak? Oh, he's You might a- remember that at a certain point, you know, it became kind of scandalous to meet with, for a senator to have said they had met with Kislyak. Oh, with uh, Sessions. Right. And, yeah. And so I said, geez, I'm probably one of the few senators who openly admits it. Because it was when I was DNR commissioner. Was he in Alaska? Yeah, he was in Alaska. Well, why was he in Alaska? Yeah, he'd come up here a couple of times, and I met with him, and it was really funny. At the very end of the meeting, he said, uh, Commissioner, I have one more important piece of business that I'd like to discuss with you. And I said, All right, He speaks amb- English or no? Oh, yeah, he's perfect English. And I said, uh, Sure, Ambassador, whatever you want to discuss. He goes, It's very important. He said, Direct from the Kremlin. And I'm like, Okay, what is it? Tell me. And he goes, We'd like to buy Alaska back. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, you know, well, you know what, Ambassador? I said, I know I'm the I'm the commissioner of natural resources for Alaska, but I think that one's out of my pay grade. And I said, by the way, my country doesn't, you know, like this secession thing. So I think we'll have to check with the federal government. But um, we're not for sale. When the whole thing with Crimea went down. Uh, with the the annexation of Crimea, there was this joke in Russia, um, and they were calling it ice cream, and it was about Alaska, and they were going to say like ice cream, like because in Russian Crimea is is, is pronounced cream, so oh. they were saying like we're going to like ice cream, we're going to get Alaska back next. That was <laughs> some like joke floating around. Well, in Russia. you know, I have the uh, check, the signed check, the canceled check in my office. Seven point two million. Seven point two million dollars. I say, pretty good deal. We got the best part of that bargain for sure but i thought it was kind of a funny joke that kislyak mentioned to me when i was a dnr commissioner i, I, I got to tell you one more thing I, I i won't say who i promised i wouldn't say who but a very prominent um well-known de- democratic um official woman um told me she said uh, i said i was doing this podcast and she goes i don't really i don't really like his politics but he's real dreamy <laughs> so she she told me to pass it. I won't Dreamy. say who, I won't say, oh, wow. I won't say who it is, but well, you'd be shocked if I told you. I'm so. sure I would be. Um, well, look, like I said at the beginning, whether you're a Democrat or Republican, I think you got to be, you know, happy that the federal government and here in the Congress we're we're putting some points on the board and getting things done that we've been trying to get done for 
you know, many, many uh-huh. years. And so that, to me, is the most satisfying part of the job is actually so, getting really important things. It's not just resource development. You know, I talked about a big bill I had just in front of the legislature two days ago on cleaning up our oceans, right, and ocean debris and plastics and, you know, we're making big progress on that. So there's a lot of positive things. That's why I love podcasts like this, Jeff, because it doesn't always break through in the mainstream media, well, and it's, a, important to, it's important to get it out that there's a lot of bipartisan stuff going on in D.C., and, you know, the economy's growing like gangbusters in the lower 48. We've got to bring that home to Alaska, I think we're on the cusp of doing. Well, that's why I like doing these because you know you, you can give a 10, 20 minute interview with a new you know TV station or newspaper, and they're going to quote you two lines. But with this, we, we can actually have a real conversation yeah. and yeah. talk about a lot of these important issues and some of these great stories about dolphins and you know all the other. Well, I want to. I know it's we're over thirty minutes here, and well, we're going uh, to that. We got to be over at that Ted Stevens uh, yeah, statue it's be a good event today. unveiling. But yeah, um, I really good. appreciate you doing this. Absolutely, and we should do it again for, because. Look think, forward to getting back. We're, we're just uh, scratching the surface on a lot that's going on. But like I said, there's uh, there's a lot of good things in in, in uh, you know having a federal government and a Congress that wants to work with Alaska and say, hey, we want your economy to grow. We want your people and your communities and families to be strong. We're not going to lock you up and put you in a little snow globe and shake you up and feel good about you when we're actually, you know, when when that hurts your ability for a good future, it's a it's a big change since I've been there. And like I said, the last two years of o, o, President Obama's administration were disastrous from that perspective. Mm-hmm. And the and the Trump administration and his whole team are working with us to do it. You know, one satisfying thing for me when we, you know, we had several Anwar votes, several, about ten, because Senator Cantwell from Washington State kept trying to strip the Anwar provision out of the tax bill and the budget reconciliation. Not, not a big friend to Alaska. Is, not at all. Is she? And not at all. Not at all. Um, but all of these votes, I had senators coming up to me, and these are tough votes, right? Because, you know, everybody everybody on, on the Anwar stuff, people are like, oh, yeah, that was big oil helping you. We, we didn't. We didn't get any outside support. That was a bunch of scrappy Alaskans who flew down to Alaska on their own dime, or D.C. on their own dime, testified. Me, Lisa, Don Young. The big money was from all the extreme environmental groups running ads, running national ads, running ads in states where senators could have a tough election mm-hmm. on these votes. Yeah, I remember. Yet, I remember those. They were running ads in Colorado and other places, targeting some of my Senate colleagues. Every one of them came up to me on the floor is like, this is one of the most important votes I'm taking as a senator to get Anwar done. It was, it was so heartening when, when it happened, it, was it, made, a- it made you feel so positive. And even, you know, Joe Manchin, Democrat, senator, West Virginia, he, uh, he voted with us the whole time, too. So yeah, it, was, it was a bipartisan when, when, victory. When it happened, it was such a, a big wave of energy here that everybody was... Not everybody, but most people were very excited about the. And now, what I said in my speech to the legislature a couple of days ago. Now we got to work to make sure there's a strong lease sale, uh, mm-hmm. because there's a lot of again same outside groups. They want to sabotage the lease sale, threaten companies not to bid in it. Yep. So I made the pitch to the legislature in Juneau, and by the way, Democrats and Republicans all said to me, they're going to help make this a strong lease sale. Democrats and Republicans. So this, you know, is a bipartisan issue here. Well, I want to thank you again, Senator. One, one more thing. I heard somebody, maybe it's a maybe it's a joke, but 
they said Senator Sullivan might in eight years or 12 years maybe might run for president. So <laughs> if you're ever president just right now, if I could be ambassador to Belarus <laughs> or Tajikistan, just just think about that. Well, look, that's not in Belarus the, especially. That's not in the plans. I'm looking uh, <laughs> at the, the next year continuing to, like I said, make good progress for Alaska and, you know, get through my uh, re-election. You're, you're, I mean, you're... Election kind of starts probably what end of the year more it starts to really yeah, go. you know we're not early I mean, next year I guess. Yeah, when that's it when, to, when those kind of things kick in then. Yeah. So far, really nobody's even there's no names really of anybody who's. Oh look, we'll, we're running like uh, you know we'll have the biggest most we'll, we're we're uh, we're assuming we'll have a huge opponent. We're high, not we're not gonna we're not letting our guard down for one minute. High energy. High energy. Well, uh, I don't know if you. I'm sure you saw Mark Begas just. Filed to be a lobbyist again, so he's he's. Yeah. I think he's out. Well, he's again, I'm, of, I'm not I'm not really paying attention to that. I'm paying attention to getting a job done for Alaska. Well, Senator Sullivan, I want to really thank you for doing the podcast. This has been a great Thanks, Jeff. time here at Matt Newska Brewing Company. It's been a great, awesome podcast. And hopefully, we can, if I get down to DC sometime, we maybe we can do one Absolutely. in DC. Absolutely, Absolutely, good. All good. right, thank you, Senator Sullivan. Right. I appreciate it. Yep. Okay, buddy. Bye. Landline.